electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Zach Felici. Today on Squawk Pod. The White House is threatening to tax the record high profits being made by oil companies. More with the National Economic Council director, Brian Deese. The president is clear. What he would like to see is for these companies to actually step up and, for example, reduce the historic margins that they're charging. And as the Twitter turns... Can you live without it? Free speech, fees for verification, a possible advertiser exodus. We all should want it to work for lots of reasons, because you do want to have a town square. Wow, the tables have turned. Twitter's new chapter under Elon Musk. Dan Primack of Axios joins our three verified tweeters, Joe, Becky, and Andrew. Even if every blue checkmark paid $8 a month, it is very small money compared to what they're currently getting from their big advertisers. It's Wednesday, November 2nd, 2022. Squawk Pod begins right now. First up today on the podcast, the price of oil has come down from its record highs earlier this year following the shock to the global supply chain from the Russian invasion of Ukraine. But the profit for oil companies continue to stay at record high levels. The Biden administration is highlighting the record high profits. In particular, the president has said that Exxon made more money than God this year. Here's President Biden on Monday. It's time for these companies to stop war profiteering, meet their responsibilities to this country, and give the American people a break and still do very well. The move is not super popular, however. Billionaire investor Leon Cooperman joined our Squawk Box TV broadcast yesterday. He's against the windfall tax because he feels it would be ineffective to punish the oil companies for running their business in times of high and low oil prices. This idea of a windfall profits tax, how do you get increased production? They want to send the, the President Biden to school to learn a little bit about economics. He's not going to get a windfall profits tax in. There's no way it's going to pass Congress. The administration continues to highlight the importance of lowering gas prices. Higher prices at the pump could impact Democrats' performance in tight races in next week's midterm election. And to implement these new taxes on oil profits, Biden would need congressional approval. And by planting the idea now, he's trying to work fast before a possible change in power in Congress. Squawk Box anchors Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin spoke to the White House's National Economic Director, Brian Deese, more on this issue. He joined from the White House lawn. Here's Joe. Brian, thanks for joining us. And uh, Brian, you're the Economic Council Director. You're not really on the political side uh, of, the, of the White House, I don't think, and the strategists on the political side. So I, I don't even think it's fair, really, for me to, gr- to, to try to grow you on this. I want to give you a pass. If you just don't want to comment on this at all as the economic director, because um, it's really more of a political, uh, a fairness issue, I think. I will let you do that. Or do you actually want to say that there are economic benefits to this? Well, let me, let me try to put this in context, Joe, and thanks for having okay. me on. You're welcome. You, um, 
I think if we're talking about any of these conversations, we have to start by recognizing that we are not in normal times. Uh, we are in a time of war, and the global environment and the global energy markets are fundamentally affected by that reality. And the reason why we have had the supply crisis that we have had and the reason why we have seen price increases that we've seen globally uh, is at the core because of uh, the war and Putin's actions. And so companies that are in a position where prices have increased dramatically have reaped, a, uh, have, have reaped excessive uh, profits uh, from that windfall. And so, you know, the question that the president was raising yesterday and the choice that the president was putting forward yesterday was that those companies in an environment as unique as this one, where this is not about investments made years ago and invest and returns on innovation, but instead a unique situation driven by a geopolitical crisis because of war, those companies have an obligation to act in the interests of not only their shareholders, but also their consumers and also the country. And so that was the point uh, that the president was trying to make. Uh, the, the, the issue of, a, the issue of a, a windfall profits tax is one that you've seen a number of other G7 countries uh, move forward with. And the president is clear. What he would like to see is for these companies to actually step up and, for example, reduce the historic margins that they're charging in between the wholesale price and the retail price. That would be good for consumers. And in the long term, it really wouldn't have a long term impact on their profitability. But, it, Brian, in, in the history of the world, have you ever seen a, a situation where if you tax an industry or tax something, you actually get more of it? The quickest way to get less of something is to tax it and to regulate it. So we're already, you know, draining the, the SPR. Some people think that's okay. Other people think that's not very wise at this point. So why make it harder for the oil companies to invest in more production by taxing the, the, the windfall. So you, you call these windfall profits. Well, a couple of points. First is on the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Not only is it still half full, but we last week, as, as you know and, and you, you talked about, announced a plan to send certainty to the market that we will repurchase and the Strategic Petroleum Reserve will repurchase oil when the price gets down to around $70 a barrel, which not only makes sure that that asset is stronger on the other side of this outcome because we'll be able to um, repurchase more oil at that lower price, but also gives the market some certainty, something that, uh, that market actors have been asking for uh, for some time. But again, I just want to be clear what the president was articulating yesterday. He was, he was articulating a choice that the companies have for months said that the better outcome for trying to address these historically unique circumstances are for private sector actions where they act on their own. And the president was urging them to do so. And something like the big spread between wholesale prices and retail prices, where that profit margin on every gallon of gas being sold is at completely historically unprecedented levels, that's something that could be addressed short of Congress taking action. The president has for months been clear that's the better outcome here, and he was just being very direct about that. The, the, the major producers don't, don't necessarily control a lot of, of the refiners and the refining margin. We've got a, a shortage of refiners. Too. Did you, Larry Summers uh, was out with a, with a comment, too, and, and referenced the fairness, um, I guess, the fairness perspective, which, which I guess 
if we can take a look at that, I, don't, I guess he tweeted. Yes, his, he says if it's the fairness argument, this is Larry Summers today, Brian, I don't quite follow the logic since even with the windfalls, Exxon has underperformed the overall market over the last five years. What was Remember, his other one? His other one was good, negative. too. He said a, a windfall profit tax doesn't work, too. Did, what was yeah, the other? That was the first part of it. This the, is the second, the fairness. But uh, when you lose Larry Summers, uh, I, I didn't... And it can't, it, it's not going to pass either. That's what I don't understand. You know that it doesn't, there's no way that it's going to get through Congress. So it just looks like pure politicking, Brian. That's why I was giving you an out if you didn't want to have, have to try to really, um, you know, defend it. Well, look, the president has been pretty consistent on this issue for several months. And we have been working to address what is a global crisis of global supply. And you've seen this administration work with partners and allies internationally to try to address those supply issues and to use the tools we have domestically. And that has had some important effect. As you know, prices are down about $1.25 at the pump since the summer. Oil prices are down about 25%, and that's progress. But that is using every tool of policy that we have, including the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, including our tools of foreign policy and working with partners and allies. We're doing everything that we can. And in that context, it's important for companies, particularly those that are receiving a windfall from price increases that we can clearly attach to geopolitical outcomes to act with the broader public interest in mind. Hey, Brian, just on the windfall issue. So Pfizer, as you might have seen, had blowout earnings. I mean, remarkable. I don't know if it's a record earnings, but it, it's, it's pretty close to it. Uh, that's a company that's effectively gotten there in part through subsidies from the U.S. government. Would you uh, advocate a windfall tax on Pfizer? Well, I think I'm glad you raised the farm pharmaceutical industry because that's a place where it's clear that we have had the wrong policy framework in place that has led to too many profits for uh, for particular companies and not enough public good uh, for the public at whole, which is why we fought for and just enacted the ability for Medicare to negotiate prescription drug prices, which will create more competition in that market going forward and make sure that not only Medicare beneficiaries, but consumers in the private market get a better deal and there's more actual competition in that market. The price of oil right now is, is a unique situation that you can tie back to geopolitical events. The price well, You could say the same oil, thing about drugs right now. Pandemic. I mean, pandemic with, with, with I thought you, healthcare. I, I thought you said too, too much profits. That's just, I hear that. I don't know. I go, ah, too much. I don't know if there's any such. I know I sound like a crazy capitalist, Brian, but we appreciate uh, having you on this morning. And uh, we're out of time. But, uh, but, but thank you. Uh, thank you. As always. Cheese will be next. Next on Squawk Pod. Yep, more Twitter. I think we are all like super obsessed with this. It's not even going to be a public right. company anymore. People but- at home have already gone. Okay. Just days into the Elon Musk era at the social media platform, big questions are bubbling up about moderation, revenue, verification, and retaining advertisers. Dan Primack, Axios business editor, joins us. He is iterating on the fly and he is kind of making it up as he goes along. I have more plans tonight for what I'm going to do for my kids' dinner than he did when he walked into a $44 billion company. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. 
Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. This is Squawk Pod with Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Here's Joe. Managers at uh, Twitter have been reassuring workers that their newly uh, vesting shares would be paid in the first half of this month. It's according to Twitter employees and internal communications viewed by CNBC. Some employees had been bracing for job cuts and feared that they could come before uh, yesterday's it came and went. date. Huh? It came and, the date came yeah. and went, and there were all sorts of reports, remember, about yeah. whether, whether all these uh, people were going to yeah. be fired over the weekend, and they weren't. It appears that the current tranche of uh, stock-based compensation for workers will be paid out as previously uh, planned by uh, leadership, previous leadership. Musk was scheduled to hold an all-hands meeting with Twitter employees today, but that meeting was canceled unexpectedly. Do both of you... Um, do you do eight bucks a month to, to keep it? I don't know. That, you know, I, reading into what Elon was posting about yesterday, if you get more, if you get more reach as a result, I mean... Well, I can see why they'd want to do it. I'm just wondering, what, can, you live, I, can you live without it? it, you, know it what, you know what the question is, though? If you're a journalist or if you're in the media or if you're in any of these businesses, know, can you expense it? Is, oh, your, is your company going to pay for it? I didn't even it? think about that. But I'm think, <laughs> I was talking to my son yesterday, and, and, he, and he said, oh, my God, you know, what, without Twitter, and I go... It's like been around for like it's it's a blink of an eye that it's been around. There were for it you. was not around. <laughs> for life you. was gr- yeah, but life was great. <laughs> not for Scott. I know, but life was great before. Life was fine before cell phones. Although going to the pay phone. Could you imagine losing it? Yes. No, you would turn around and go. No, I can imagine. And and if if it doesn't work for Elon, I hope. No, your cell phone. Up. Not. Twitter. Oh, losing my cell phone. Right. No, because of maps. I guess I like maps, but. I don't know, the whole social media thing. Uh, I'm already on the hook for $3, so $5 more. You know, I'm, already See, doing, I'm, I'm already doing the true blue. I'm not. And I think it might be valuable. I, look, I'm rooting for this thing. I want this thing to work. You really, you, you still should, really? You know what? We all should want it to work for lots of reasons, because you do want to have a square. he's not going to be able to moderate content to the point where adverti- advertisers are not going to be want to be next to what he's going to let on this, yep. this site. Wow, the tables make it, turned. I, I would have expected the I'll make you it, to make the opposite I'll arguments. make it selfish for you. You can, you can be selfish about but it. That, that, I don't have a selfish bone in my body. Well, then but I can't make it selfish for you. But I was going to say, no, you have, you've built over Sar- a long sarcasm. time, and so is Becky and, and yeah. myself, and a lot of people have spent a lot of time with lots of people on, the, on this platform. They have followers that, are, that, that follow them that way. Um, in terms of your ability to communicate with people, it's a valuable platform for but you. But I do think about some of the stuff that comes in here on a regular basis. I'm just so you got a three-hour TV show, Deal Book, The New York Times. You write a column. You still need more communicating with people. You don't. You don't reach enough people at this point, Sorkin. You need. Saying, a, you gotta, I think it would be great. You if got it a, a, a weekly TV series. I want, it, I want it to work. And you got the new show on NBC streaming. I, I want it to. I, You're not reaching enough people. You don't want You're, this thing to work. No, I don't care whether it works. I don't. You really don't care. I whether really, it works. really, really, really don't. I'm not don't. talking about whether it works. 
works as a business, so obviously it needs to work as a business. Have you too. seen the late, but already the stuff that's on there? There's it's the, terrible. You're, you're not going to have advertisers that are going to be. I know, like, but that's why I'm hoping. We're going to so talk about gonna, this later gonna today. Need a subscription. IPG, the former Interpublic, has They're been out. advising. Their, Havis. Their, Havis. They've been telling all of their clients not to not, advertise not to, on this for right now until you see what happens. So it's not just It's not just companies. End of Western civilization. People are are terrible. Human nature. I don't like them. But I will say this, having real quick, I like dogs. Just back to the issue about this November first vesting date. We talked, you know, we talked last Friday about this date. Yeah. And the you, prospect of will be a good You were looking at the worst side of Elon again. You were expecting the worst because you don't like him anymore. Well, I was no, no. I was on. I'd been on the phone all Thursday with Twitter employees who were who were going out of their mind, scared that that they were a going to be fired over the weekend and b that that that, that they were going to be fired specifically before this day so they wouldn't get paid. So I actually think that this is like, a, a, the, at least the way he's handling it thus far, and I know there's lots of questions about various parts of how he's handling it, so to speak, but give him a little bit of credit for this moment. I think we are all like super obsessed with this. It's not even gonna be a public right. company anymore. People but- at home have already gone, okay. Thank you. <laughs> Becky, we were talking about Twitter. And the advertising game, or lack of game, is happening right now. It's a huge story. We started hearing about this yesterday. Advertising giant IPG has recommended to its clients, which include American Express, Coca-Cola, Johnson & Johnson, and others, to temporarily pause advertising on Twitter. This follows GM, which paused advertising on the platform last week. Joining us right now to talk about this and the larger digital advertising slowdown picture is Axios business editor Dan Primack. And Dan, let's just start with the latest leg of this. IPG actually telling its customers to hold off on this is a little more concerning than just GM. When it was GM, we could say, okay, that's because GM competes with Elon's other company, Tesla. But what what do you think this kind of spells out just in terms of what big companies are going to be thinking when it comes to advertising on Twitter? I I think slowdown makes sense. I think what companies are seeing, it's not so much the concern of, you know, the hellscape right now. It's the chaos. It looks and, and looks accurately from talking to folks inside of Twitter and even in Elon's orbit. He came into this without much of a plan. And I understand anytime you take over a company, obviously things are going to change, you know, executives are going to leave, et cetera. But he seems to be largely making this up as it goes along. And when it comes to advertising, that is the core, at least right now, of Twitter's revenue base. And it feels like Elon is focusing on other things. You guys were talking earlier about, you know, the blue check marks and verification, which he views as a revenue stream. And that might become an important revenue stream for the company. But right now, that even, even if every blue check mark paid $8 a month, it is very small money compared to what they're currently getting from their big advertisers. Look, I've been following Yoel Roth, who's the head of safety and integrity at Twitter, kind of watching what they're talking about. You did see an increase in some of the hate speech that was there, but they look like they moved pretty quickly to try and address those things. It seems, at least from right now, that they are taking this pretty seriously. They don't want to see this happen either. Um, if advertisers are waiting and seeing, what what would they have to see, I guess, before they would feel more comfortable? IPG would say, okay, go ahead and continue advertising. I mean, obviously I can't speak for IPG, but I'll give you a couple examples. Uh, first, Elon talked a couple of days ago and he reiterated last night that they're gonna create this, can't remember what he called it, you know, content moderation team. Now Twitter already had one of these, but obviously he wants a new one, but who are the people? He says it'll take a couple of weeks. Elon's effectively known for months he was going to have to buy this company. I think they'd like to see who are the people, maybe have it in place, have the policies in place, which is stuff, honestly, he could have had done already, or at least those conversations could have started. 
I think maybe. I'm they not might convinced like he was definitely going to buy this until maybe a week before it happened. I, if he didn't think he was going to buy it until a week before it happened, he wasn't listening to all the people around him or many of whom who said, look, you're most likely going to lose this case. And, and even if he thought there was a chance he was going to go to trial and win, he had to know there was a very good chance he'd lose and should have been making some contingencies for that. Hey, Dan, is it possible that the hellscape could uh, could could be uh, funded by advertisers that are OK with the hellscape? And, and what I'm thinking of, I, I, I mean, Mercedes and other I, I don't know, Mercedes, take, pick, pick a blue chip company, pick Coca-Cola, any of them. There's certain cable networks that I don't see any decent ads on. I mean, I see a lot of pillows. I see a lot of, uh, I don't know, stuff for my knee joints. You know, they seem to do really well with sort of the bottom feeders in in advertising. Is that what he'd be stuck with, Elon, if he decided to stick with the advertising model? He he may be, if if you got to the hellscape, Joe. I I mean, most of the blue chip- We're we're there, I I looked at it. I mean, the big problem for Elon, remember, he paid $44 billion, which means he needs to make this. It's not just he has to maintain the status quo. He's got to make this thing much more successful in terms of well, revenue. It's also and ads user base. But it ain't going to be Mercedes and Coca-Cola ads if it doesn't. No, I agree with you. No, I no, it, it, that's not a winning model. That he, he that cannot be the path he goes down. It, it cannot all be, you know, crapmatic beds. Dan. What is your sense that this can actually turn into something even larger, though? I mean, we we talk about it very almost conventionally in terms of what Twitter is today. I think for this to actually really work, it's got to be something almost totally different than what it is today. It has to be the front end for this this larger sort of super app that that he's talked about, this sort of WeChat like product. Part of my thinking about him getting people to pay eight dollars is he just needs people's credit cards. If you can get people's credit cards into the system, then he has at least an opportunity to turn it into uh, a, a payments network of some sort. Uh, it's an interest, that's an interesting idea. I hadn't thought about the credit cards. I mean, one thing I've thought a lot is that what Elon really bought here was an installed user base, right? You know, SpaceX obviously doesn't sell to you and me. Tesla is a consumer company, but but very specific and very high end. He got access to all of our phones. We already have the app. And so again, yeah, he needs to grow this into something bigger, which is why, to be honest, I'm a little surprised that in the short term, he has been focusing so much kind of on on kind of the existing blue check Twitter marks, which is still a pretty small group. The the way I view Twitter for Elon, right, he needs to turn it into something bigger. I've got a 12-year-old kid. She has asked for every social media app, I think, except for Twitter. He needs to appeal to her and get that generation. And right now he seems very, very focused on existing power users and not terribly focused on how he's going to grow that base. Although we we mentioned earlier that Snap shares and Meta shares were higher yesterday on this uh, idea that maybe TikTok gets banned after one member of the administration said this, uh, or one commissioner, I should say, said this in an interview. Um, what about just the overall picture with ad spending right now? The, the market was pretty spooked by what we heard from Google in terms of weakness in their ad growth and YouTube actually seeing a drop in ad spending, online ad spending. You know, it's that old story. If we are headed into a recession, Ad spending is going to be the first place that you see a big dent in this. Trying to do this at a time when just the overall economy has a lot of questions might might raise the stakes a bit. 
Absolutely. Look, and I think that's one of the myriad of reasons why Elon tried to back out of this deal or at least renegotiate it. You know, when everyone keeps saying he overpaid, not just based on what the stock price was and what happened with the markets, but the business Twitter is in. It's in the ad business right now. And as Andrew said, it might eventually be in the payments business and in the commerce business and all these other things. But right now it's in the ad business. And Elon has debts to service, company debts to service. He needs cash flow to come through. And that's for the short term, at least, mostly going to come for advertising. But yeah, look, the, the short term, midterm, outlook for the digital ad market is not good. And, and Meta and Snap shares going up, that's really more just about the company that's doing it better than them possibly getting taken off the board than them doing anything well or any sort of uptick in ad spending. And Dan, the one thing that we all talk about as a sort of fait accompli is that he's not planning to run this company at a loss and that he obviously wants to make money. That's true. But I wonder actually whether he's willing and maybe even thinking about a business plan that could be a two or three year out project that might actually cost him additional money over the next two or three years, that the $44 billion, unfortunately for him, might not be the only payment he has to make, meaning that, that maybe he loses a billion dollars each year for the next couple of years, as he said that at least initially he came out and said he didn't care about making money. Uh, there's two things about Elon Musk. One, none of us know how much actual liquid cash he has, right? We know the value of his Tesla stock. We have an estimation on you know the, the unofficial, it's a private company, value of his SpaceX stock. None of us know how much crypto he has, how much money is literally in his bank account. It was a question, Andrew, that, that I think you wrote about and others have written about going into this deal because there was this big kind of seven yep. to $8 billion equity hole and who was going to pay that? And we still mm -hmm. don't quite know how that got paid. Uh, might he want to run at a loss? Maybe. Honestly, I don't think he's really thought about it. And I think what we've seen over the last week since he bought the company or six days since he bought the company is evidence of that. He is iterating on the fly and he is kind of making it up as he goes along which is a little bit par for the course for him. But again, if you buy something for, I, I feel like I have more plans tonight for what I'm going to do, like for my kid's dinner than he did when he walked into a $44 billion company. I think he is legitimately making it up as he goes along. By the way, is evidenced by the fact that he has not brought in any new executives. He's got friends who have come in to help him for a week or two in the transition. He hasn't brought in anybody. Prove it. What are you having for dinner? Uh, tonight is going to be mac and cheese, which is with bacon. There's going to be little crumbles. She's it's the thing she likes the most. It's bad for her, but she likes it. Yeah, it sounds delicious. Dan, thank you. thank you. It's good to see you today. Thank you. Angioplasty on the side. <laughs> and that's it for today. Thanks for listening to Squawk Pod. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. On TV, tune in. Our show airs on CNBC weekday mornings starting at 6 a.m. Eastern. And follow Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts and listen anytime. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. 